Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 726 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's show, we're going to talk to Trey Perez. He is a pediatric dentist and he has type 1 diabetes. So we're going to talk about, you know, his life and his job and what you might want to do to keep your teeth clean and other stuff. It's going to be way better than I just described it. <laughs> you got to cut me a break because all I can think of right now is we make holes in teeth which is an old Crest commercial from I don't know how long ago. But anyway, Trey's a lot of fun to talk to. I think you're going to enjoy it. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your health care plan, becoming bold with insulin, or making holes in people's teeth. We make holes in teeth. Do you not know this cartoon commercial? If I thought any of you had seen Grease, I'd be like, brush up, brush up, brush up. But I, I have no feeling that you're going to get that reference either. My age is really coming out this week, isn't it? All right. You ready to get going? Here comes Trey. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. The InPen is an insulin pen but it does much more. You can find out all about those things at InPenToday.com. Today's podcast is also sponsored by my daughter's blood sugar meter, the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box is the link you're looking for. It is small and easy to hold and beautiful, and I'll tell you more about it during the ads. Brush up, brush up, brush up. What is that whole song? Brush up, brush up, brush All right, hold on a second. I can't, we even got started yet. All right, so Grease is a movie, and during the movie, some of the characters are watching television, and a commercial comes on for an old toothpaste. Like the movie was set in the 50s, so what was it called? Impana or something like that? Hold on. Yeah, Apana, I-P-A-N-A. It's toothpaste that obviously does not exist anymore. Um, and there was a beaver called Bucky. Bucky had two big teeth, as you can imagine. And he would say stuff in the morning, ready for my day. I brush my teeth, brush up, brush up, brush up, brush up, brush up. And then it's up and down, around and around, but I brush my teeth. But anyway, it goes on for quite some time. Um, and like this guy flies in, he wants to like, oh, here it is. Here, ready? I don't think I can let you hear anymore without getting in trouble. Anyway, here comes Trey. Sorry about all this. My name is Trey Perez. I am a pediatric dentist. Um, I am based in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I also have a background in public health. Um, I am myself a type 1 diabetic. Uh, so, yeah, so I want to... My goal is to, you know, promote oral health and promote health in, in general. So I'm glad to be, you know, part of this and, you know, talk with you. I'm very happy that you were uh, willing to do it, reached out and everything. So thank you very much. Uh, Trey, how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 35. Um, so it's pretty recent. I'm 37 now. So 
I just had my uh, my dad birthday a couple of days ago. It was actually New Year's New Year's Eve when it happened. So when I got diagnosed, um, so it's it's fairly recent for me. You know, it's funny um, that would have shocked me had I not um, spoken to a woman who was diagnosed in her seventies recently. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've heard a couple people that you talk to a little diagnosed lately or, or later in life. Um, and I was surprised because, I mean, I know about, you know, I know about diabetes, you know, with uh, my background and um, my education. So, uh, I mean, it used to be called juvenile diabetes. So we always thought it was happening in in kids. And I thought I was, when I was experiencing my symptoms, I was like, this is like diabetes, but uh, I'm too old <laughs> to have type one. And I, I, my lifestyle was too healthy to have type type two. I was just, I was very confused. I was in denial. No um, just based off the naming of the, of it being juvenile diabetes mm-hmm. that threw you off that quickly. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, once, I mean, once I got diagnosed, then I did a lot of research and actually my mom pointed out um, that it's about 40% of people with type one um, are diagnosed 30 or older. So it's almost half, you know, so that's, it's actually not that uncommon man. And it can happen. And then I realized I learned a little bit more. It can happen at any age. Um, you know, yeah, just one, and it does one yeah. little naming thing all those years. Right. Ago, you know, and it, yeah, it sticks with us for this long. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So how did you, I mean, what was your first presentation? Like what was the first thing that got you thinking something was wrong? Well, it was just classic symptoms. It was textbook symptoms. Um, and it was, it was strange. Um, I could tell you the whole story. I'm in, um, I remember in June of end of June, 2019, um, I went to the doctor and I got blood work and I never get blood work cause everything's been normal, but you know, mid thirties time to start doing the, those kind of things and everything was fine. Like my, my blood sugar was in the nineties, totally normal. And then, um, in November I went and I did this dental outreach in Nepal. And when I came home, I was really tired, but you know, jet lag and everything. Um, I just assumed it was that, but then the jet lag seemed to linger for weeks and I was going to the bathroom all night, you know, chugging water, drinking anything I could. I was so tired. Um, I got so weak and, uh, I'm, uh, a big fitness person. I would go to the gym all the time and I couldn't after that. I was so weak, so tired that I couldn't do that. Hmm. Um, and that really affected me. I lost 20 pounds in, you know, a couple of weeks and people noticed that I look different. And, um, eventually I realized something's going on and I was in denial and it probably because of that, um, I didn't go to the doctor as soon as I, I should have, but, yeah. um, eventually I did. And on new year's Eve, uh, 2019, um, that's when I got diagnosed. So wow. the next day started doing the finger sticks and 2020 for me started that way. And then everything else, everything else in 2020 happened. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a great start, you know, wow, so <laughs> to you're, the new you're, year. you're almost quite literally two years then. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Two years. Were yep. you sick in Nepal? No, I wasn't. Um, and to be honest, usually when I go travel to places like that, I usually get sick. So I was really happy that I, I wasn't. Um, Maybe, yeah. maybe your auto, uh, autoimmune system was just like on yeah. serious <laughs> overdrive at that point, just swatting stuff away like maybe. Godzilla, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think I've heard you say that 
when the maybe the immune system gets bored and it just starts doing what it wants. Because the funny thing is, I haven't even had a cold in in years. Right. Usually, I get a cold like every year, and then <laughs> so I hadn't gotten sick like that. But I get sick with type one. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Arden. Yeah. Arden doesn't get sick ever. No. So uh, I have a crazy like immune system where I, I you know if I get sick. Like, you know, like, you know, something comes over you during the day and, you know, five o'clock, you're like wandering around like, I, I think I got to sleep, like something's wrong, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm out of it, like something's happening. I'll wake up in the morning. It's like it never happened. And yeah, th- well, that's good. Sometimes. Well, see, yeah. you think it's good. I think it's why I'm probably going to end up with type one when I'm older, because my immune <laughs> well, system is like, is what if it gets confused one day and it's like, uh, oh, you know, I know, so, I know. Yeah. Never know. I probably should do the antibody test, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already try on that. If you're listening, I'll do it. I think I'm too old for this the thing, but you know, if you make an exception and send me a kit, I'll, I'll do it. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so you're diagnosed, and you're you're pretty far into your practice at that point, right? How long had you been practicing? I've been practicing. I've been out of residency since 2015. Okay. Um, well, yeah, that was four years at that time. Yeah, yeah. So, so you did you have your own practice? Are you working somewhere? How do you do it? No, I work part-time in a private practice and I work um, part-time um, in a hospital actually in a residency program. Oh, okay. How do you make the yeah. decision to become a pediatric dentist? Is it just because you want to see little kids high on gas or <laughs> that, that is very fun sometimes because they do, they do some silly things and that definitely uh, makes the day a lot better. <laughs> um, now I think, I mean, being a general dentist is really hard. I think, that's the thing people who specialize in dentistry sort of realize that being a a general dentist, you have to do everything. And when you specialize, you don't have to do as much. (laughs) So, um, I mean, I like that, you know, with kids, the, it's, everything is shorter. You get to see more, more kids in a day. Um, it's sort of that instant gratification because, you know, with, with adults, you have to do crowns and those take several appointments sometimes. And with kids, it's, it's, it's a lot quicker. Um, and kids are just, people think it, it might be hard, but kids are just, they're easier. It's sort of the adults and the parents that, <laughs> that actually make, make it more difficult. I feel honest. like you have a lot of stories <laughs> about crazy people. Try. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny that you say that because you're making me think about my current dentist who I've had now for quite some time, um, is, is an artist. He's just so good and, um, patient and methodical, but, and, you know, still has a great personality. And like, he's just, the guy I went to as a young adult, we used to joke all the time that I can't believe I'm saying this. We used to joke all the time that my dentist was on meth because, (laughs) because he would, he would had four offices and he'd fill them with people. And he would literally run from one to the other working on people. He'd come in, he'd see you go, I'll be right back. Then you'd hear him in the next office, blah, 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 I'll be right back. Blah, blah. Then he'd start your procedure. They go, I have to go for a second. Then you'd hear him go into the other room and start another procedure. He was working on three, four people at a time. And, yeah. and it was just always like it never felt right. You, you know what I mean? Like he was in the middle of working on my teeth once and I heard him say, I got to go. My buddy's bringing over a Corvette for me to look at. He went out a side door, looked at a car, (laughs) like bought it and then came back inside. And I just thought dentists were crazy. And then I moved and I, and people recommended the gentleman we use now. 
And I, I remember going once or twice and just thinking like, oh, like you could be like a normal person and be a dentist too. Like I, th- I was just going off of my young adult like experience with my crazy running in circles, man. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's a really big deal that you fit what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because the guy I have now is very suited for this. Like I've had a root canal and it's just like a walk in the park to him. You know what I mean? It's, it doesn't right. hurt. He's great at it. The whole thing is, a, it's, I, I've fallen asleep during a root canal. So I think that says something about him, you know? That's good. So, so I yeah. like that you found a place where you think you fit, you know? I think that's a, that's a smart move. Not that you were otherwise going to be running in circles. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of um, running in circles, no matter what it is. There's a huge amount of volume of patients that I see a day. Yeah, it's it, it is it can be kind of maddening. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Is there truth to the um? I, I hate. I know this is such a weird thing to say before we get into mental health about diabetes, <laughs> but yeah, is there truth in it? Like, is is being a dentist towards the top of the suicide list? Um, I've heard that, but it's also one of the top of the, the like um those reports about best jobs. Oh, you know? okay. If you look up those, it's like pharmacy and, and dentists are always on, on the top hmm. of the best jobs. So I, I've heard that statistic, I'd, you know, we make jokes about that all the time, but um, no, I don't think so. It's, it's a pretty good career because it's, I mean, you're, it's not like medicine. Um, it's more nine to five, you know, and mm-hmm. it, there's not really, there are emergencies, but it's not life-threatening emergencies. And the, what you have to deal with is not um life i mean it is in some way life-changing but it's not like life or death you know and that's that's a good thing and you know if if if, you know technically we're surgeons and i do go to the operating room and i do surgery there but it's not it's the worst thing that happened is not going to be somebody dying on the operating room table you know so i don't have to deal with that sort of stress it's it's pretty comfortable to be I, honest, I, I'm I'm wanting to share a, a joke. My friend, a friend of mine's a pediatrician, and mm-hmm. I, I we were together once, and I referred to him as a doctor, and he goes, "I'm not a doctor, I'm a pediatrician." And I said, "Well, your father's a doctor too." And he goes, "He laughs. He goes, he's not a doctor. He's a dentist." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I do that all the time too. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. Anyway, um, okay. So, what was it like? I mean, at that age, being diagnosed, did you have trouble? getting started and acclimated or, or how did the beginning go? Well, it's, it's weird. I, I mean, I sort of think about how my diagnosis and my transition compares to um, these children that get diagnosed. Um, I'm, you know, I'm in the health healthcare field and I have a background of a master's in public health and I'm always conscious about keeping myself healthy. So, um, so, you know, making myself healthy with diabetes, you know, properly giving myself insulin and counting my carbs and making sure I have um, enough water exercise and everything. Um, it, it wasn't too hard for me. I mean, it was hard. I definitely had panic attacks when I was first injecting myself because it's not something I like to do. Um, but I think I did pretty well with it. Um, you know, adjusting to that is it's a, a total 180 from your life. I like, the way I see it is I, I sort of lived my life a certain way, you know, for 35 years. And then now I have to change a lot of habits. You know, I can't, you know, eat right before bed. You know, I can't have any late night snacks. I can't, you know, 
binge. I can't just spontaneously eat without thinking about it. So it, it, it changed a lot, but, um, I mean, I feel sorry when I see kids that get diagnosed, you know, when they're little babies and, uh, that must be tough. Um, so yeah. So there's no more like, I'm going to watch a football game. I'll grab a bag of chips and a beer and sit down and not think about it. And however many right. of these I, I do or don't eat that kind of it's thing. funny. It's funny that you say that. Cause I used to do similar things, you know, on Sunday afternoon, I'd maybe just order a pizza and just, uh, like lounge and watch football. <laughs> uh, no, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, I, I miss that. It, I, you miss it. You do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody, you know, brings, cake or cookie into work or something like that. I'm like, mm, I got to think twice about, you know, eating it. Um, I usually will eat it. You know, of course I love cookies and cake, <laughs> but it's not like I have to think about it first. You know, I have to think about, it. I can't just like, Oh, I'm going to grab that. You yeah. know, there's a lot more thought that goes into day to day decisions. Do you stay very regimented during the work day so that you don't have like a blood sugar thing while you're working? Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of routine. Um, and I eat almost the same thing every morning. Um, I try to eat similar things throughout the day. Um, I try to be as active as I can. Um, but the routine definitely helps. Um, when I go off that routine, that's usually when I see some spikes. Um, yeah, and then you're, so yeah. you're kind of stuck in the middle of a procedure, I guess. And has that happened? I mean, do you, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. been scrubbed in the OR and then my Dexcom alarm went off. I'm like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> so I had to take off my gown and everything and then go into the other room. I had some juice and just had to wait like 15, 20 minutes uh, before it corrected itself. Meanwhile, everyone else is in the OR. The kid is intubated and everyone's just like twiddling their thumbs. But I mean, everyone was very, um, they were very gracious about it and patient about it. So that right. was good. But when you come out and talk to the family, do you go, sorry, I know that took longer than I said, but <laughs> I had to drink a juice box before we started. <laughs> no, <laughs> luckily I, 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 I mean, it takes a long time to do what I do. So, you know, a couple 15 minutes, 20 minutes, nobody noticed. It. Make it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so do you tell your, I mean, how open are you about it at work? For instance, like I'm sure the people you work with know, but what about patients and how does that work? No, nobody really knows. Um, well, my yeah, my staff knows. Um, people I work with know, but no, I don't really talk about it with my patients. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know why Unless, you would. I'm just wondering. No, if they had it, um, then I would have talked about it with um, a couple patients who are also type one. Okay, so a kid comes in with a CGM or something, and you might be like, "Yo, I got that too," kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just sort of show them mine. <laughs> well, then. Yeah. So. So, yeah. so let me tell you something that happened to my daughter and, and, um, I'll see what you think, but you know, in the very beginning of all this, I really didn't know what I was doing very much. There were way more juice boxes than there are now. You know, I, I would say at this point in Arden's life now, she doesn't maybe drink a juice box, like maybe once or twice a week, you know, like for some okay. sort of a low, mm -hmm. but she was really little and there were no CGMs, you know, those things were, they were plentiful and one time she, we were going along, everything was fine. And then one day she said to me, she was tired of the juice boxes and she wanted to switch to something else. So we went to the store and I let her pick something else. And within six months of that new 
drink being introduced into her life, Arden had like nine cavities on her baby teeth. Mm-hmm. And at first I was just like panicked. I thought, you know, you kind of get lost in that my kid has problems. So here's more problems. I guess I guess this is just how it's gonna be. And then it hit me one day that we we switched the juice boxes. And so I switched back. She had the little cavities, you know, filled. And she's never had that kind of problem again. Just, do you think I'm right to think that it might have just been the switch? Yeah. Really? Um, To be honest, um, usually like big life changes that like that or diet changes, something like that, that usually triggers something. Hmm. Um, So, but no matter what, when it comes to tooth decay, it's all about sugar. So, and with diabetes and, and tooth decay, it's, you know, it, it comes down to sugar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no matter what, I mean, juice, any sort of carbohydrate is, can contribute to tooth decay right. to carry. So, so, yeah. so sugar that, so when you drink it and then you don't have something else to flush your mouth out, it stays behind, stays on the teeth. Right. It's all problems. about, um, like exposure. So. For instance, if you have something and it sticks to your teeth, um, the longer it's sticking to your teeth, the more likely you're going to get a cavity. Or if you have more snacks during the day, then you're more likely to get a cavity. And so with type one diabetics, since we're, you know, snacking and having juice and, um, throughout the day that I think it does increase the risk, you know, for sure to have, to, um, to have dental tooth decay. And I've noticed, you know, one thing that I, I sort of struggle with is, you know, if I have a low in the night, um, I'm really tired and I'll, you know, I'll have some juice or something. And then I know I should brush my teeth afterward. And I'm like, oh, I'm too tired to do that. And I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that too. I mean, now, you know, I brushed my teeth before I went to sleep, but now I'm having more sugar in the middle of the night. And now that's going to be sitting on my teeth till the morning. Uh, so it, it's not, it's not easy. Is there any value? I've heard a lot of people keep water next to the bed, and after they drink the juice, they kind of swish their mouth clean with water. Yeah, Does that actually, do anything. That, yeah, I mean, if you're yeah, so you're doing a couple of things. You're you're probably rinsing the sugar off the teeth a little bit, um, and you're also sort of neutralizing the 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 bacteria because it it's actually um, tooth decay is caused by bacteria, so it eats the sugar and it ferments it and it produces acid. And that's what breaks down your teeth. Hmm. So it's not the sugar directly. It's, it's the bacteria in your mouth, but also a lot of these juices are acidic anyway, pretty much anything other than water, um, is bad for your teeth. Um, you know, um, juice, soda, they all are acidic and those break down your teeth, just like the the bacteria do. So if you rinse out with water, that's good. Um, in fact, if you brush right after you drink something acidic or right after, uh, you throw up, um, then that actually breaks down the teeth more. So doing something like having water, uh, is better because when you, when your teeth are exposed to that acid, then the teeth are more vulnerable. So if you brush with toothpaste or toothbrush and, um, there's abrasives of that, and those break down the teeth more mm-hmm. when they're in that state. So water's good. Um, the best thing is if you put like baking soda and, and rinse with that, that's kind of gross, but water is you know, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I don't find it when you recommend gross things to people. They're like, oh, okay, <laughs> let me, <laughs> I'll definitely I do mean, that. 
but just to be honest, nobody wants to drink that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Would you? Would you? You would just rinse with the baking soda and water, not yeah, swallow. Right? Okay. Swallow. Nah, just rinse it, neutralize the acid, and that that'll help. Yeah, I, it's um interesting. Like, I had I know I've talked about on here enough that people probably understand that my iron apparently was pretty low throughout part of my life, and once and I I would have dental problems. And then I figured out that iron thing and got it balanced out. And the problems I used to have pretty consistently just stopped happening. And I don't know if the, I don't know if I'm just healthier in general now because of this, or if it was directly related to the to the mineral, you know, to iron. Um, but it's definitely uh, I'm definitely seeing it, you know, like long enough now that I can believe in it. Like I've had a number of like root canals in my life, and mm-hmm. it's not. You know, not, it's not lack of care. It's not, it's just, it just would happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's actually, I don't think I've ever said this. It's my dentist that I spoke about earlier, the good one, not the crazy one, um, hmm. who who kind of saved me because I came in just for, you know, I don't know what I was in there for one day, but a procedure that took about 90 minutes. And inside of that 90 minutes, I, I got up out of the chair to use the bathroom like twice. And I do remember that I drank a ton of water before I I went to the thing. And I, I I mean, that was stupid. Like, don't get me wrong. But I got to the dentist's office, used the bathroom, went into the chair, um, had to get up in the middle of the procedure to go. And then after the procedure, went again. And by the time I got out, the dentist pulled me into his office and said, hey, my assistant says that's the third time you went to the bathroom since you've been here. And And I laughed and I was like, Dan, do you have do you have the the staff tracking people's bathroom habits? I was like, what's going on? And he goes, you know, man, that that really could be type two diabetes. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Like, I don't have like I would know if I had diabetes. I know what diabetes looks like, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but I got home, and I couldn't bring myself to eat. It was fascinating what happened. Because I just, like, Arden wasn't there. It was the middle of the day. I did not have access to a meter. I couldn't check my blood sugar. And I just thought, I don't have diabetes. That's silly. But he's like, oh, get a, you know, get a physical, get a physical. So he's pushing me towards a physical. And just somebody putting the idea in my head, I couldn't bring myself to have lunch. I couldn't, like, I'm like, what if I do have diabetes? I can't eat this. Like, And I started, like, over the next number of days before I could get to the doctor's office, I started eating like very low carb, being very strange around food, like kind of in a panic. Well, um, yeah, that's you know? what happened when I first got diagnosed too. I didn't, I wouldn't touch carbs for the first week. I was terrified. Yeah. It's because I mean, what was, what was the, how did it feel to you? Like what was the thing you were concerned about? Well, once I found out what my blood sugar was, um, I was just totally shocked. I mean, I said it, I was, I was a denial, um, pretty strongly. And, um, when I, when I found out what it was, I was surprised it could even go that high. I'm fighting every urge inside of myself to just not read the Impana toothpaste ad from the 50s. Instead, I'm going to tell you about InPen from Medtronic Diabetes because they're one of today's sponsors. Here's what you get with the InPen. It's an insulin pen that connects to an app on your phone. That app is going to give you a lot of functionality, some of which 
is the kind of functionality you think of when you think of insulin pumping. Let me tell you more. When you pair your InPen with the app, you get a dosing calculator, active insulin remaining, a glucose history, reports that you can share with your doctor or look at for yourself, activity logs, and actually more than that even. I'm not going to read them all to you because you're going to find them when you go to InPenToday.com and look around. If you're ready to try, fill out a tiny bit of information and hit submit. You're on your way to getting yourself an InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. Use the dosing calculator to take the guesswork out of your dosing. The app uses your glucose levels and a carbohydrate estimate to recommend the dose that's right for you. It even considers the amount of insulin that's still working in your body to help you avoid lows. People who have insulin pumps call that insulin on board. And now you can too. Medtronic Diabetes offers 24-hour technical support, hands-on product training, and online educational resources for the InPen, which, by the way, may, and I say may because it's an offer available to people with commercial insurance, but may cost you as little as $35. The InPen, that's right, may cost you as little as $35. Head over now to InPenToday.com to find out more. From time to time, I have this horrible feeling that, this is no way to start an ad, but I have this horrible feeling that there's something right in front of me that I'm forgetting or ignoring or just don't know to do. I, I, I don't, it's not an omnipresent feeling. Don't worry. Don't, you don't have to worry about me, but I think about it sometimes. Like I wonder like what small changes could I make that would have a large impact on my life? Hopefully I'm not the only one who thinks like this, but uh, I digress. Here's my point. You use a blood glucose meter every day. It gives you important information that you make important decisions with. And yet you have no idea if the meter you're using is the best one available. You don't even know if it's one of the best ones available. All you know is a doctor gave it to you. Well, here's the thing. You can know that. It's not a not a, you know, thought exercise like the thing I was talking about earlier, floating around the world. Like, should I go left or right, up or down? Should I zig or should I zag? It's not that difficult. The Contour Next One blood glucose meter is a really good meter. It will give you really accurate results. You can use those results to make good decisions. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. I don't even, I have no more to say, I guess. But I have to, because there's time left. And I mean, they did pay me to talk about it. So let me tell you this. It's it's the best meter I've ever used. It is the easiest to carry, the easiest to hold. It is the most accurate. I love the second chance test strips. I, I can't say enough about it. The Contour Next One blood glucose meter is simply the best meter I've ever used in the 14 years that my daughter has had diabetes. I do hope you check it out. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. And I just want to finish by saying, please don't like worry about every little decision in life. I was just being melodramatic. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever really thought about the decisions you've made? You understand what I'm saying. Although I did mean that you really, I mean, it would be easy to get a good meter. And it was around 300. And, um, but you know, I've heard, I've heard stories where it's, it's way higher yeah. after that. So you, it, you it, pretty it wasn't, yeah, I guess so. Um, but so I think my doctor, he didn't think it was too, too high. So I didn't go on insulin right away. He put me on um, type two medication and that sort of 
that did not make me feel good. So I was on metformin and Genuvia mm-hmm. for like two weeks. I was like, this is, I'm not getting better. This is definitely getting worse. Did they <laughs> and, do a C-peptide on you ever? Um, I can't remember. Hmm. Um, I think maybe, I don't know if they did it though that time, but I think um, since, yeah, I think it's been done. Right. Yeah. I would imagine. Uh, yeah. I just, I was in a panic. Like I, I didn't know what to do and I couldn't bring myself to eat. I did finally get a, um, you know, an appointment with my doctor. I've told that story before. I was told that I was coming in for a consult. They explained to me that I, you know, I said, I want to get a physical. And they're like, okay, well, you'll come in and see the doctor. 15-minute consult. Then we'll book your your appointment for the, you know, for the the procedures and everything. And I was like, okay, like that seems reasonable. Um, It was a little odd to me, but I didn't think much of it. But I was like, all right, I guess that's how this doctor does it. Um, So I show up and like 10 minutes into this conversation, he starts examining me. And I was like, I thought this was a consultation before the, you know, before the exam. I was like, I I got really confused. And then like 20 minutes later, I like my pants are down and I'm bent over a table. And I'm like, I'm I'm like so happy that I didn't run here from like, you know, (laughs) from something else or the gym or something like that just to have this consultation with this guy. So I finally said to him, I was like, yo, man, I'm like, I'm happy we're doing this. I was like, but that's not what your staff told me. And he goes, oh, I don't know why they said that to you. I was like, oh, great. Okay. <laughs> I was like, thanks a lot. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I did not have type 2 diabetes. Of course, they found my iron to be really low. He immediately believed that I had cancer because my iron was so low. Um, that seems like a jump. Yeah, it was a pretty – so I suddenly was getting scoped and all this stuff. And of course it was just blow iron and I had to go through all this rigmarole just to get an iron infusion. And, um, I felt like I was going to pass out by the time my, I think my ferritin was 13 by the time I got an iron infusion. And, uh, what's, what's the normal range? Dude, it's, it, it should be like, it should be not like a hundred or, you mm. know, 75 is considered low for a woman of menstruating age, like that kind of stuff. Oh, you know? so, yeah. yeah. So I was just like, I, I could barely hold my head up. I was dizzy constantly. I couldn't stay awake maybe past like one, two o'clock in the afternoon. It was really, I, I one day want to go back and find the podcast episodes where I'm like, I have to be like obliterated in some of them, like from just no iron, but I don't know. Maybe I was pulling it together long enough to do them anyway. Um, okay. So, what I mean is that is that bare bones like overnight that's it swish with water after you drink a juice is really a great <laughs> thing to do. What about during uh, the day? During the day, yeah, um, same thing. Yeah. I mean, water is your best friend. Um, I mean, I before getting diagnosed, I didn't drink juice that much, and now I drink it. You know, <laughs> I have I have usually like if I notice my blood sugar getting in um, down to double digits, I'll have a little swig. But, you know, I do drink it a couple of times a week. It's totally, totally changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> do you have them in your car and in your bag? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I found, them, I found them in my jacket the other day. I'm like, okay, you know you're diabetic when you find juice boxes everywhere. I, I picked up Arden. Arden has like a little clutch that she has now that uh, uh-huh. she takes to school and it, it has a juice box in it. I picked it up and handed it to her like over the island yesterday and I could feel it wasn't heavy enough. And I was like, you don't have a juice box in this. And she goes, I don't. And I was like, Arden. I acted like 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I acted like she went rock climbing without safety equipment. I was like, you have to <laughs> make sure there's a juice box in there. She's like, okay, because yeah. she drives now, you know. And meanwhile, they're in the door pockets of the car too. Oh yeah. So it's not like they're not plentiful. <laughs> they're spread around the house like like you know apple seeds. Um, and the, the funny thing is, this Christmas, um, my mom and my one of my dental assistants they both got me juice boxes for Christmas. <laughs> How, how, how was that for your mother when you were diagnosed as an adult? Did she? Ha- um, she, well, I think, I don't know. They, they seemed to be okay with it. Um, I remember visiting my dad. Um, we went, we went up to Maine and when he got groceries, he's like, made sure he got, you know, almond milk, nothing with any sugar in it. And he like labeled everything. It was pretty funny. It's like, this has sugar in it. This doesn't have sugar in it. Okay. Thanks then. I can, I can read the labels, but thank you for writing it all over the package. (laughs) (laughs) So they were, they were, they were supportive. Uh, They're trying to help me in their own way. He loves you. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's wonderful. In their own way. They're not very involved. Like they wouldn't know how to help you with any of this. Like big picture. They don't understand it. Do you have any, no, I'm sorry. Do I, cut you off. No, what did you say? I was going to ask if you had any brothers or sisters. Yeah, I have an older sister, younger brother, um, but I'm the only type one in the family. How about other autoimmune stuff? Celiac. My dad has, um, yeah, he has ulcerative colitis. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, think- nobody else though, right? Like, uh, what else would we be looking for? Even like, like you know, uh, bipolar cousin. <laughs> Um, like these are the things I'm now, I'm now interested in because I've heard uh, so many people say it so much, obviously see like hypothyroidism, hypothyroid. My mom is hypothyroid. Okay. Um, Hashimoto's yeah. is, is she just type? She's not an autoimmune. No, okay. not that I'm aware of. It's interesting. The funny thing with my mom is she doesn't really talk about that. I was just home one time. I'm like, mom, you're on synthroid. She's like, yeah, it's no big deal. Like, <laughs> Okay, it's it'd be nice if you tell us about your medical conditions, you know, <laughs> your chronic medical conditions to your children. Yeah, p- people. Yeah, right. Maybe I I might want to look out for that for myself. Thanks. <laughs> but you know, they're baby boomers. They're a different generation. They don't they don't talk about that as much. Yeah, no, it's very very true. There's some people just it's it's not even conceivable for them to have conversations about their health with other people. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile. I talk about diabetes all the time. <laughs> My friends like stop talking about it. <laughs> Has it I remember on a on the internet you're talking on a podcast to millions of people. So <laughs> just stop, stop I, talking I to people about your diabetes. <laughs> uh, let's just talk about some other oral stuff, uh, oral health stuff that I think just people in general don't hmm. don't know about that I know about. Like even like having like a potato chip, right? Like it could get caught in a crevice of your tooth. <laughs> And it stays kind of packed in there, and that's really bad, right? So, what should people do during the day? Should like soft picks, like what, like you know what I mean? Like, what do you do if you're yeah not in in a place where you can brush your teeth? Yeah, if, if you can get it out, um, that's better. Like, like I said, it's anything that's sticking to the teeth. The longer it's there, the more likely it's going to cause a cavity. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, my kid doesn't eat candy why does he have all these cavities i'm like well you know i see kids all the time eating you know cheerios and and goldfish and um chips crackers those are all salty treats and um they cause cavities people don't realize you know there's carbohydrates 
and sugars in those starchy things as well. So yeah. bread, I know everybody has bread all the time. So um, it's any carbohydrate. And if you can get it out, that's better. It's it. I mean, it is hard if you're at work or doing something somewhere you can't brush your teeth. Mm. But, you know, removing anything is going to be better. Drinking water is a big part of it, huh? Yeah. Um, so what happens is um, if your mouth is dry, which it can be if your blood sugar is uncontrolled or if, you, if you're just dehydrated or if you're taking multiple medications, um, you know, dry mouth is pretty common. And um, the wetter it is, the better it is for your teeth. So um, staying hydrated is super important. Um, when your mouth gets dry, that's when the the... Uh, the bacteria tend to grow more and um, cause more cavities. So it increases the risk. I'm envisioning a day in medical school where uh, someone for the first time introduced the idea that the wetter it is, the better it is. And everyone laughed. <laughs> is that, am I, am I getting that right? <laughs> there, I, as I said that, I didn't, I didn't realize what I was saying. <laughs> I'm going to start using that though. <laughs> I was going to say either make a t-shirt or stop saying it one or the other. <laughs> Um, that's hilarious. My new catchphrase. <laughs> um, do people see the dentist often enough? And what no. about, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they don't. I don't think they do. I mean, our recommendation, whether it's a child, an adult, um, you should see the dentist every six months. And that's because things can happen pretty quickly in the mouth. Um, like if you are, if you do have a change of habit, or some sort of change of lifestyle um, in those six months, you can go from having no cavities to having several cavities. And it's not just cavities, but um, there's periodontal disease, gum disease, and there's different levels of that. So in some ways that can be worse um, because you actually lose your teeth and it's, it can be harder to repair that. Mm-hmm. Um, but every six months, you know, just to check up, make sure everything's okay. If, people are higher risk. They're supposed to come every three months. So if they're higher risk for gum disease or, or caries, um, then um, they should be coming every three months just to monitor, you know, do um, some sort of preventative treatment just to keep them deeper from cleaning, worse. probing, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm getting older. I just, my dentist basically strong armed me into a deep cleaning recently mm-hmm. and then gave me a tray that I put gel in and, and, I guess I'm forcing the gel down into my gums and, and uh, I I'm doing that because he told me to, and I don't want to get yelled at basically. (laughs) It it is a hard thing to try to imagine though. Like, you know what I mean? It's not that I don't think it's that I, I don't care about my dental health. Like I don't think that's it at all. I think there are so many other things going on in the world that it doesn't feel like an emergent problem. It's, it's almost the same as um, I just said this the other day. So I, I, I shouldn't say it again because people will hear it a couple weeks in a row, but I think that part of the reason why there's more of a community around type one diabetes is because people are very um, uh, desirous of figuring it out quickly because it feels like a thing that could hurt you in the moment. Whereas type two diabetes, there's no, there's not as big of a community or hardly any, and you don't hear people talking about it very much but it also doesn't feel like something to them that's going to hurt them today. And so it's the mm-hmm. idea of it happening in the future that allows you to kind of ignore it. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but um, yeah. I wonder if dental stuff isn't like that a little bit too, because should, should children be getting cleanings? Like if I have baby teeth, yeah. should I be getting them cleaned? Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. Like 
Well, just as a PSA, everyone should take their kid to see the dentist by the time they're one year. Okay. Um, And they should be going from then on. It should be um, every six months. Tell the people you're not just saying that because you have a car payment, right? Like you actually. No, (laughs) no, this is um, the American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry, uh, American Dental Association. It's a recommendation, but it's also the uh, American Academy of Pediatricians, the, the actual, you know, MDs. It's them as yeah. well. They, they have the same recommendation. Trey, I grew up pretty broke. Um, yeah. I didn't see a dentist the first time until I was like 20 years old. Like okay. no one ever took me to the dentist. They didn't mention it. It wasn't a part of my life at all. Like it wasn't even like, it wasn't like I thought like, oh, I haven't been to the dentist. Nobody takes me. It was just never brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely could have used braces growing up. That is not something anybody could have afforded. Um, I think it was a financial thing. It just nobody it ever is. yeah i i went because my wisdom teeth were impacted and i thought i was gonna die mm. so um I, I have you ever heard this story no i don't oh, think so oh i'm gonna give it to you real quick then because <clears throat> it'll freak you out so i go into my dental my dentist's office which is where i found the meth dentist and i <laughs> also shouldn't say that i'm sure he wasn't on meth but uh he's actually a lovely guy just very amped up and i guess maybe it was coke then try um so <laughs> anyway I'm teasing. Um, I go in there and I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. A lot of pain. I'm very embarrassed to say I've never been to a dentist before. Had to say that to a person I didn't know. He tells me my wisdom teeth are impacted and I have to go to an oral surgeon to have them removed. And I stopped him and I said, oh, I can't do that. I said that, that I don't have that kind of money. And he's like, no, you really have to get this done. And I just, I told him, I was like, look, I appreciate your concern. Can't happen. I don't have the money. Um, and just kind of out of nowhere, while everybody was staring at each other, I said to him, how much do you charge to pull out a tooth? And he said, $50. This is a long time ago. And I was like, well, I can come up with 200 bucks if you want to pull them out. And he said, no. He's like, they're, you, that's not how this works. You know what I mean? He's like, that can't happen. I said, it's not going to, they're not coming out if you don't do it. So a few minutes later, he's loading me up with Novocaine. And then his um, partner comes out stood behind me with his palms on my forehead to hold my head down on the chair. And he yanked out my wisdom teeth in the office. It was terrible. (laughs) It was terrible. It was like one of the worst. Like I just remember him pulling and my head trying to pull up and the other guy leaning down on me. And um, does that horrify you? Go ahead. Tell your story. (laughs) No, that I, I still have my wisdom teeth, so I can't relate to that. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're fully in their their normal just yeah I got lucky with that oh. and I I don't deal with wisdom teeth that's fortunately that's <laughs> something I don't have to deal with both of my kids have had them out like the, what I would consider the modern way you show up at an office they knock you out you know give you a little Jackson juice and then um you know you yep. wake, you wake up twenty thirty minutes later and you don't have your wisdom teeth anymore yeah you know um so but anyway it just it was I kind of look on it as like a, a he. A kindness back then. I think he really believed me. I was like, look, I can't, I can't afford to do this. And so he's like, well, I'll, I'll try to help you. They did not come out easily. It was not a no. fun thing, but the recovery was fine. Oh, that's good. So, you know, anyway, I might've gotten very lucky in that situation if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, that's something we struggle with, I think as a profession, because, you know, having, um, it is very expensive, um, but still other surgeries, if you go to the hospital, that's even more expensive, but yeah. um, insurances tend to cover that and insurance tends not to cover um, dental treatment. And 
when it comes to insurances that do cover it, it's limited on what they do. And it is a big struggle because the, the patients don't know what's covered and what's not covered and um, insurances don't want to pay. Uh, so so it, it's a struggle because so we want to help everybody. You yeah. know, we want, that's most of us just want to help people. And um, some people are, you know, chasing paychecks, but you know, at, that's why we got into it is to help people. And unfortunately there's a huge money side to it. And so there's just, and do you think that that causes people then to ignore things until they're a problem that can't be ignored anymore? So we don't do as much preventative care, which would maybe stop us yeah. from to do the other stuff. I, I mean, just like in medicine, prevention is the best medicine. Um, and a lot of prevention isn't just you know, getting cleanings and fluoride and things like that. It's, it's about education. Um, and, uh, it's, I wish more people thought about their teeth, but a lot of people don't. And th- there's a couple of things And one is, you know, insurance, uh, what's, what people can afford. Mm-hmm. And it's also people think like, um, you know, with baby teeth, oh, they're just going to fall out. I know it doesn't matter. You know, I'll just, they're just do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. And some people think about that, about their adult teeth, um, especially older generations are like, oh, well, my parents had dentures. Well, my teeth are all going to fall out. I'm just kind of, it's going to be the same for me. But when I, when I used to work with adults, the denture patients, they're like, oh, I wish I listened to my parents. I wish I took care of my teeth because having dentures, having fake teeth, it's not the same. Um, mm-hmm. And they miss their teeth for sure. And a lot of people wait until it's too late. Um because they're like, it's just teeth. It's just the dentist. It's no big deal. You know, mm. they, you know, people think we can fix anything, but it's a lot of things are, are very difficult and, and nothing's as good as your own teeth, yeah. you know, and it becomes irreversible at some point too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, you, you can just, come in, it could be a small little cavity and you can take care of that. Um, but if you wait long enough that the whole tooth can be decayed and that tooth has to come out. So yeah, I, um, you just shocked me a little saying that people kind of pre-plan to lose their teeth as adults. Yeah. I mean, there's some people, yeah. you know, depending That's, on the culture and the way they grew up, they, they definitely see that. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it, yeah, That's sad. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that my grandfather. He, what, he was like, uh, I think 83 when he, he died and in the nursing home, um, his last few weeks of there, he, uh, the nurses are like, wow, he has all his teeth. <laughs> so you can, um, you can live, you know, your whole life and have all your teeth. Right. Dentist is your you... family or are you the first one? Actually, my father's a dentist. I was going to yeah. say that, that, um, that happens kind of, that's, that, yeah. that's the thing that happens, right? Yeah. He's actually, well, he's re- retired or semi-retired now, but he was a, a dentist in a prison for 32 years. Wow. In New York state. Yeah. Oh, I wish your dad had diabetes. That sounds like an interesting story. <laughs> My wife says to me, I, I was interviewing um, a person recently who is a sex worker and has type mm-hmm. one. And uh, my wife's like, how much did you talk about diabetes? And I was like, not that much. Uh, and she, she goes, is this a podcast about type 1 diabetes? I'm like, it's about people who have type 1 diabetes. <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting involved in somebody's really interesting life story and stopping to be like, so what's your basal rate look like? Uh, <laughs> it's like, I was like, we want to hear the, the, you know, the interesting stuff. I seriously, like, tell your dad if he ever gets diabetes, I should be his first call. Uh, because <laughs> I want to hear that story. Um, so... I mean, big picture, you know, if you want to leave people with a, with a message here about themselves uh, as adults living with type one or people who are, you know, caregivers for children, 
you know, what are some really like just go over it again for them. Like what should they be doing to help themselves with their with their oral health? Well, it's you know, managing your diabetes is super important. Um, when it's not managed well, then you know, you're you get dry mouth and you know, your risk for tooth decay goes up. And also if you are drinking a lot of juice boxes or juice or snacking, then you have to be careful with that. Um, but people just sort of you know, brush teeth aside. And I think the same goes for podiatry. Um, people don't really think about your feet as that important or, or um, going to the dentist is too important, but these are things you use every day. Use your teeth every day, all day. You, you use your feet all the time you're walking and you don't, you sort of take it for granted and, you know, um, things could be going wrong that you don't see. Um, so it's, it's definitely easier if we catch something early than waiting until it gets too big. Um, so I, I think um, we sort of, as a society or as a culture, just you know, sort of brush those things off that they're they're not as big as a deal, and people only want to go see the dentist or the podiatrist when something is wrong. Um, but um, yeah. Checkups are, are a really big deal because actually you just discussed teeth the way we used to talk about my little brother growing up. Um, we used to say that Rob has two states of being. He's either in trouble or currently getting in trouble and you don't know about it. So <laughs> yeah. he's yeah. an adult now and doing much better. But uh, uh-huh. but so your teeth are either um, like something's happening and you don't know it. And that's the time to find out, not after it's happening. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, tooth decay is the most common chronic disease in childhood. It is five times more common than asthma and everybody knows somebody that has asthma. So if you know someone with asthma, that means, you know, you, every kid almost has a cavity by the time they're, they're five. Some, not every, but it's, that's what it seems like. Sometimes it seems, I think it's about, you know, 40 and depending on, you know, where, where, um, the study is from, but, you know, it can be like. 25% to 50% of kids will have a tooth decay by the time they're five years old. Hmm. Okay. Wow. That's, I didn't realize that. Um, simple things. So keeping your mouth wet, dry. So dry mouth is a, is an example of something you should be concerned about. Uh, I guess chronic, yeah. chronic bad breath is probably another thing you, you have to pay attention for, right? Well, yeah. So when it comes to bad breath, that's a big complaint that people have all the time. And um, usually if you think about it, um, things that smell bad, like the garbage or the bathroom or something, it's all because it's the one thing it's bacteria. So if there's a lot of bacteria and they're growing, um, they're sort of, they're creating this bad smell. Mm -hmm. So it's, and things are breaking down. Like um, there could be stuff in between your teeth. There's food there and there's plaque there. That's usually where people neglect it the most. Some people will be great at brushing and I can tell. And then, but their gums start to bleed once I start, doing anything and I ask them if they floss and they say, no, it seems like nobody flosses, <laughs> but um, if you're not flossing, then you're not cleaning the whole tooth. And it's sort of like, I think like um, if you're not, if you're not flossing, you're only cleaning about 70% of the tooth. So that's like, to me, that's like taking a shower, but you're not cleaning your armpits and your other areas that might get smelly. <laughs> it's just, it's, those are like the worst spots because that's where all the food that's where things are accumulating and that's, you know, where things are breaking down, the food's breaking down, the bacteria is growing and that's where you, you know, get this, um, 
bad breath. So it's usually poor hygiene from bad breath. If it's if it's not, if that if the hygiene improves and you, um, nothing, um, the bad breath doesn't improve in a couple of weeks because that's a, as long as it should take. If you're doing everything properly, you know, gingivitis will go away in two weeks. Bad breath should go away. Um, so if those doesn't improve, then it's usually like a GI thing, but that's pretty rare. Wow. You know, I have to be honest, like the, you said the simplest thing today as one of my bigger takeaways. And I don't understand why in my entire life, I haven't put this all together, but the idea that it's not, not so much the sugar or the carbs, but the fact that they sit in your mouth and then they break down and it's the process of it breaking down. That's dangerous for your teeth. Right. Like, I yeah. just, like when you said yeah. that, I was like, Oh, like I, I'm surprised I didn't out loud go, Oh geez. Duh. <laughs> I, I just thought like there was something magical about the sugar that was bad, but it's not, it's just, it's food for bacteria. And then it's the waste from that process. That's really causing you problems with your gums, your teeth, your breath, like the whole thing. Exactly. Huh. Yep. So just don't leave stuff behind in your mouth and you'll be okay. Right. I mean, if you leave, um, you know, fruit, like, uh, if you leave like a banana peel out on your, on your counter after you eat it, then it's going to rot. There's going to be flies attracted to it. There's going to be, it's going to smell gross. And that's, I mean, if you leave food in your mouth, similar is going to happen. You're going to have bacteria grow. You're going to, it's going to smell. It's going to be pretty gross. (laughs) Um, is this a, uh, this thing I'm about to say to you, is this, is this bull or is there like, what about people who pop gum in, in lieu of brushing? Is there any help? Is that actually doing anything for you positive? Yeah. If it's sugar-free gum, especially, um, because it's stimulating your saliva. So if you have, you know, more saliva, then you're washing things away. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of good things in the saliva. Um, the saliva, there are immunoglobulins, so it can, that helps. And then, you know, more fluid is good. Um, and there's more minerals, you know, that help strengthen the teeth. There's, um, uh, if you have xylitol gum, that's good. Uh, xylitol is a sweetener, but it's not, it doesn't contribute to, um, tooth decay. Hmm. The bacteria don't eat it. And the xylitol, um, it's believed that it, it helps prevent cavities helps with the bacteria in the mouth. Um, my, my dentist has small individually wrapped like chiclets on his countertop and it's gum made with xylitol. I just realized while you were saying it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought he was just trying to be polite, but <laughs> a little <laughs> uh, bit of both. Yeah. Perhaps. Right. So, Hey, yeah. um, you said you have a Dexcom, right? But do you have a pump yeah. or do you use pens? Um, uh, I've been using pens. I did try the, um, Omnipod and I just didn't, I didn't love it. <laughs> you didn't like wearing a pump? No. Um, it was a little itchy for me. Um, I did do it for about a week. Okay. Um, like a month ago. The adhesive was a problem for you. Yeah, that. And I kept knocking into things and uh, couldn't get used to it. it. Yeah, I couldn't get used to yeah. it. Hey, listen, it's not for everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. Actually, you know, yeah. as you're spouting off, um, uh, I didn't mean spouting off bad, but like running through statistics about things that happen in dental care that we don't know about. Actually, far fewer people wear insulin pumps than you think. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's more common for a type one to be MDI actually. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to try it. Um, see if I liked it. Um, I did meet a guy at the gym a couple of weeks ago and I, I see him, um, every once in a while and he's a type one too. He saw my Dex comment. He, he made a comment and he has the, the freestyle Libre and he's doing, um, daily injections as well. Right. How, how soon after your diagnosis did you have a CGM? Um, I think it was. A year later, I How, think I, 
yeah, I think it was about this time last year that I that I started it. Did you honeymoon at all in the first year? Yeah, I did like a lot. And then when that honeymoon phase ended, that was tough. <laughs> I could I definitely saw that happen. And that was that was like February and March last year that it, it ended. Do you find it easier to manage with a CGM than you did without it? Um, yeah. Okay. And mainly, I mean, for so many reasons, it, but doing a finger stick, it takes a little bit of time, you know, just to open up everything, clean your finger, do the little stick, wait a couple seconds for it to turn on. And then it takes like a minute to do it. And this, I just look at my phone. Yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. You know, people who've had diabetes for longer, just heard you say, clean your finger. And they were like, <laughs> clean your finger. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> I don't always do that, but <laughs> I know. I was the, thinking the you might have way. just said that because you were a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to be, I'm doing doing things by the book. <laughs> Leading by example. I don't, right. I don't always do that. <laughs> In fact, I don't, I probably don't more than I do. <laughs> I would, I would say it's probably been 2012 is probably the last time I bought an alcohol swab. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely don't use that stuff anymore. Um, but that's, uh, it was around, um, sort of what you were talking about. Like, you know, we used to like clean Arden's fingers with, and you know, her sights and everything with alcohol. And she just started having like skin problems, you know, because we were drying out her skin constantly with the alcohol. Oh yeah. yeah. I've noticed that too. Right. I did a little research and I found out that in Europe, um, that's not the standard of care. The standard of care is warm water, you know, mild soap like clean yeah pat dry that i heard you i've heard you say that and yeah. since then I, I stopped doing that no uh, because i did notice getting some irritation with it yeah continually with the the alcohol over and over again yeah uh-huh. no i yeah. yeah i you know trey i'm not a doctor like you but that's i'm just saying what we do i'm just a dentist that's, right? you're just a dentist well, <laughs> i'm just the guy with a podcast so <laughs> i think you've got me by a couple of years in college at the very least <laughs> Um, difficult, difficult major, right? Dentistry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lot to I know. Majored, yeah, there is a lot to know. Um, I mean, going through college, I did, I did biology, um, um, cellular and molecular biology. So I, I learned about, I started with that, but then when I got to dental school, dental school is like college on steroids. Like I had to, I had no time for anything else. You know, I just had to, that was my, my life. Um, in college, I had, you know, jobs and things outside of school, but that, you know, dental school was just my full-time job Yeah, studying and everything. Has, yeah. um, dating changed with diabetes at all? Dating? Yeah. Seeing people like that. I mean, if you do. Yeah. Um, it's something I do talk about, so I'm comfortable talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a, I don't, well, I, I mean, I I can't remember what it was like dating before, but uh, I get, it's something that comes up, I guess, pretty quickly. It's like, oh, what are you what are you doing there? Well, I'm injecting something. So, yeah, it it definitely plays a part, but it hasn't really made much of a difference, I guess. Well, you're you're also showing up with the dentist thing, so <laughs> they're gonna hang a little longer to see what's. Up. <laughs> yeah everybody knows the story about like a dentist's wife who has a great car like they're like ah, i can put up with this guy injecting something at dinner um, yeah <laughs> you get a little leeway i would imagine uh yeah do you so you 
I mean, you're not hiding it, obviously. You go out, you're eating, people are going to see it. Do you, you don't lead with it, I imagine. You don't be like, hey, I'm Trey, you want to go out? By the way, I have diabetes. <laughs> like, I wouldn't think it would start like that. No, sometimes it, it would, I guess, but no. <laughs> Has anyone been put off to the point where you think you didn't see them again because of it? No, I don't think I've... No. I mean, I haven't been doing much dating, but um, I, of COVID. I guess the sample size is too yeah. yeah sample how, size is too small for that. How 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 are the boroughs in the city now in the beginning of twenty twenty two? Is it uh are there a lot of restrictions? How uh, what's it like seeing patients with COVID? Well, that's that's been difficult. I mean, I have to wear a lot more PPE than I did in twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. um, but I've gotten used to it. Um, it just you know, how we practice now. It's probably how we should have practiced before because we're looking at people's mouths and, you know, kids come in, kids are always sick. And if you're seeing like 20, 30 kids a day or more then you know, you're more likely to get sick. So I'm comfortable with it. Um, By now people, it's sort of fluctuated with the the volume that we've seen Um, lately. I think people are a bit more nervous to, to go out of their houses because this Omicron variant. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like we really haven't missed a beat. Um, I mean, it slowed down here and there. You know, in the beginning, we, everybody had to get shut down. But, you know, summer of 2020, everything was, you know, back to 100%. Did you, lose, like, or, did you lose people? Are there people that didn't come back? Um. Yeah, I'm sure there were. I yeah. mean, some people moved out. A lot of people did move. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people people are a little bit nervous to go out. But overall, you know. I was talking to an emergency room uh, physician who told me that some of the problem they're seeing right now with crowding has less to do, had less to do with COVID in the moment when they said this to me and more to do with the fact that people had ignored their health for so long because of COVID that it was kind of catching up to everybody at the same time. And people were having a bunch of emergent problems, um, things that they tried to ignore to stay out of doctor's offices with COVID, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of fascinating. Um, and I did yeah. wonder too, if it creates a malaise, like, you know, you go a year without getting your teeth clean and all of a sudden you're like, my teeth aren't falling out. I'm good. I don't have to do that anymore. Like if it, if it kind of yeah. fa- falsely tells you this is something I can ignore when it's, when it's obviously the opposite. Um, yeah, I've seen a few cases like that where people have come in and I didn't want to come in because of the COVID and it's been two years and yeah. now this is just really hurting me. I want to get this fixed. Arden's yeah. getting her teeth cleaned in a couple of days and she, she said again, she's like, this is okay. Not She's done it a number of times already in the last you know year and a half or so. And I've have I've had dental work done and everything. And I, I said to, the, to her kind of the same thing you were just talking about. I was like, I think the dentist office might be one of the safest places around. I was like, these poor people are wrapped up like, you know, <laughs> frozen food at this point. Like you can't even yeah. see them, you know, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're gowned that, and masked and shielded. And, yeah. It's hard um, interacting with people because having that bedside manner, chair side manner is important and they can't really see me smiling or, you know, talking. And so that's been difficult. The mm-hmm. communication um, has been a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I missed that. And, um, hopefully, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I have no idea. Honestly, there's part yeah. of me that thinks that this is how things are going to be for a while. And yeah, know. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. all right. I'm going to let you go in a second. I have, I just want to know, like, tell me some of the craziest things kids have said when they're on the gas. 
Oh my gosh. What? Have you ever heard something that like put you back? Cursing, weird sexual stuff, anything like that? Oh, no. no. Um, <laughs> one time this kid, I mean, when they're sedated, it's it's funny. One um, kid was like singing Frozen. It was really cute. <laughs> and then this one kid, um, I had to wrestle him a couple weeks ago. And he, he um, after I, he got in the chair, he said, I'm sorry, I punched you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Don't worry, you didn't punch me. You, I, I dodged it." But <laughs> he, he did he swing at you. He, he was swinging. Yeah, <laughs> I stopped. He my, was, I stopped my son from like popping a lady trying to give him a flu shot when he was about seven years old. I just, <laughs> I saw it happen. I reached out and I grabbed his arm. I was like, "It's not her fault." <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so when Arden had all those cavities that I talked to you about back then, you know, we went to a pediatric dentist and uh, a guy that we you know, trust and had used in the past once or twice with my son. And um, he was so uncomfortable with the idea of, of making Arden incapable of drinking juice. Cause she was little when it happened, like she was really little that he said, you know, I need to do this in a hospital setting where they can regulate her blood sugar if something should go wrong. And just like you said, our insurance did not want to pay for that. Um, the way I finally got around it was just dumb luck. My wife's company is large enough that they actually, I don't know if people understand how insurance really works, but when you're, you know, when you're with a bigger company, the insurance company really is just sort of managing the billing and, and the, the price settings and things like that. But your company just writes a check at the end of like every quarter for how much money they owe the insurance company. It's, it's a weird thing. It's just my, my wife's company is one of those. So I appealed to her company and they just, said okay and gave us a waiver for it it was like a fourteen thousand dollar procedure because of the hospital when all was said and done and we were looking at trying to pay that ourselves which was not going to happen like we weren't going to come up with 14 grand for this and i went to the company and explained what was happening and uh, they went through a little bit of a process and we got a call one day and they're like okay you can book it we'll pay it and so basically it was just the company telling the insurance company let them do this we'll pay for it and and that that's how it it worked out. Um, I'm not certain you could get that accomplished every day on everything that you want to get done, but it is how it worked for us in this situation. And then we got to the hospital, and it was well before we did not have a CGM. She was really little, so they you know they hooked her up and had all this stuff ready to manage her blood sugar with, and got her through the process. And you know when it was over, he said, you know I, I feel bad that we had to do this. I was just scared. Um, Mm -hmm. But then moving forward, uh, she had to go to the dentist maybe a couple more times for to see him to, you know, have a cavity filled or something like that across the years. But then once we had a CGM, I was able to say to him, look, I can manage this here without her needing to take anything in her mouth. And I was doing it back then with like temp basils. Like I was taking her insulin away, making sure she wouldn't get low during the procedure, stuff like that. He was completely Mm -hmm. comfortable with that. Um, nowadays, like when Arden goes to the regular adult dentist, like, I mean, she's using a loop system. We, I don't even really think about it to be perfectly honest with you. I just take her and it's usually kind of fine. Um, but it's been a, it's been a long process. Diabetes has touched everything we've done over the last 15 years. Um, and, uh, going to the dentist was, you know, was definitely one of them. It It was, it was scary. I can remember being really frightened back then about the finances, about her health, thinking we couldn't afford it. Um, 
And, you know, if I wasn't who I am, I don't even know that I would have thought to reach out to the company and do what I did. I'm just very, uh, I don't know, is pushy the yeah. right word? I'm not sure. It's it's good that you did that because insurance companies, you know, if you if you push them enough, they can, they'll do things like that. Yeah, it turned out it wasn't the insurance company I had to talk into it. They, what the insurance company said, look, we said no to this because that's not covered. That's not part of the plan that we agreed to with your with your employer. Mm-hmm. So I just went to the employer and got them to change the thing for Arden one time that they would agree to. And that was that was it. It was really That's good. weird, to be perfectly honest. With you. I'm still struck by how strange it was all these years later. Um, I basically went to a company and said, like, can you please pay for this? And they were like, yeah, sure. So with the how end, old, God. Sorry, how old was she when she had that? Mm, four, okay. five, maybe. Like, she was really young. She had a bunch yeah. of cavities and they came all at once out of nowhere. And I think they yeah. were from this iced tea juice box that she was drinking. Yeah, very likely. So, it sucks. But I mean, she's good now. Her dental health is great now. Um, but yeah. she also doesn't she doesn't have as many lows and she doesn't, you know, she's not snacking in the middle of the day constantly. She's not drinking juice or taking in a bunch of sugar, you know, at random times, and she takes good care of her teeth otherwise. Um good, good, good. Yeah. Morning and night. Or should people be brushing in the middle? Be honest. Like, what do you do versus what do you tell people? How- I I do what I, I tell people. I'm, <laughs> that's something that I've always um, tried to do, you know, right. practice what I preach. Um, so you should be flossing once a day. I usually floss at the end of the day, you know, to clean off all of food and the plaque in between my teeth. And um, I, I usually brush after that and brush twice a day for two minutes um, should be like the last thing you do before you go to sleep, make sure your teeth are clean um, before you go to sleep. Cause if they're not, then all that stuff that's been on your teeth all day, you're just sitting there and the bacteria is fermenting and uh, just breaking down your teeth. Mm-hmm. So the most important time is that night. Um, and then if you can do it any other time after you eat, then that's good. Bonus. Um, you know, just want to clean your teeth off anything like we've said, it's anything that's sitting on your teeth is is not good. Flossing, wax floss, the best. Just the there's it doesn't matter. It's like whatever works for you. Okay, like whatever you use, that's gonna be best. It, 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 I I think I've wax floss because sometimes it's just easier to slip in there. And mm-hmm. so whatever works. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, did we not say <laughs> anything that we should have? Have I left anything out? No, I think that that's pretty good. I you, think I got everything I wanted to talk about. Are you amazed that we talked for this long? Because at the beginning, you were like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I am. And it came out more naturally than I thought. So I'm pretty good at this, Trey. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I know yeah. you are. <laughs> that's why I was said. <laughs> I know what to do. The whole time, I'm just thinking like, oh, maybe if his dad worked on a person in prison that had type 1, I could make that count. <laughs> Maybe. I, I'm telling you, like a prison dentist sounds like a <laughs> badass job to me with like a lot of crazy stories. Uh, he didn't really talk about it much. So, um, oh. but I'm sure he, he did have some stories. Yeah. You know, my dad's a pretty uh, reserved guy. So, is he? Yeah. All right. Well, then but, forget it. I don't need him. I need more people <laughs> like the sex worker. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I pause this, I'll tell you the word that I had to bleep out of that episode the most um, before I let you go. But I'm not going to waste it here. And, and people are going to have okay. to listen to the episode to find out. Uh, but Trey, really, I appreciate this, man. Thanks very much um, uh, for coming on yeah. and talking about all this. Yeah. My pleasure. I'm happy to do it. Excellent. Have a happy new year. Happy new year to you, too.
Thank you so much to Trey for coming on the show and talking with me today. And thanks to InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. Don't forget to go to InPenToday.com to learn more. I also want to thank the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Make your next existential decision at ContourNext.com forward slash juice box. I want to thank you so much for listening and remind you to go to T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box and fill out the survey. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Are you enjoying the show? Please share it with a friend or a stranger. I don't care if you know them. And don't forget to subscribe and follow in your audio app. If you're looking for community around diabetes, check out the Juicebox Podcast Facebook page. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes is a private group on Facebook with over 26,000 members. You can be one of them. People talking about life, insulin, they're drilling down on ideas about how to bolster things, and just having regular everyday conversations that nobody but people who live with diabetes may understand. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. As a matter of fact, at the top of that page, there's a featured button. When you click on it, there'll be um, lists in there of different series within the podcast. So if you've been having trouble finding the di- the di- the di- the diabetes pro tip series or the defining diabetes series, the variable series, how we eat any of the series throughout the podcast, you want to check out the After Dark episodes, for instance, but you don't know where to find them. Go to the Facebook page, go to the feature tab. Lists aplenty are there.